Oh, Amanda, I thought of you the other day because a oh, friend right. of mine was describing the movie uh, The Northman, which I would oh, like yeah, to watch, yeah. but I, I haven't yet. And um, she she said, yeah, if you want to watch a movie where really attractive men are wearing nothing but dirt. <laughs> <I've> said, <laughs> yes, yes, that's <laughs> Kelly's favorite kind of movie. <laughs> and I thought of you. Friends and fiends, welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast where an artist and an entomologist team up to illustrate the inspiring abilities of insects by creating a bug-themed superhero. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kelly. Before we get started creating a bug-themed character, what's bugging you, Kelly? Um, well, it is it is almost Halloween. We are I know that this comes out way in the future, but um I'm excited. Again, hello from the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love Halloween. I love watching the kids come around with their little outfits and I'm not going to dress up this year, but, you know, it's Kelly, no. After I Target know. had an abundance of butterfly <laughs> wings, you're not I, going to dress up? Oh, my God. I should just go to Target and get the butterfly wings, though. Yeah. I need to I need to own those. Did you get the ladybug wings? Uh, I believe Derek purchased the ladybug <laughs> wings. <laughs> my child has a, a, a ladybug outfit, so that'll Aww. have to be proxy enough. What's bugging you? Anything interesting? Something is blooming. Some some fall bush has decided to make itself known, and it is it's messing up my life. If I'm honest, oh, you have allergies. <laughs> Just to like one kind of sage, as far as like air allergies go, oh. <laughs> as oh, opposed boy. to like ingested allergies. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know what it is. It, it bothers my dad too, so I come by it honestly. I think it's called a red sage. It's like one of those decorative plants. Decorative is another uh, word that I should pronounce correctly. Decorative plants. <laughs> decorative. <laughs> <laughs> that people put in their yards, you know, just be like, here's a little red bush. Isn't it cute? And I'm like, no, it sucks. Uh, yeah, I, I wish people would plant more native plants. Yes, plant native plants. Because we, lo- we, we love pollinators. We are pollinator positive <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not that the pollinators won't pollinate your your decorative plants but they will yeah. they're not I discriminatory na- <laughs> plant native in your yard folks yeah uh the bush in our yard that's always being pollinated uh d- just to uh, segue in the bush that uh is always has pollinators on it in our neighborhood is this giant lavender bush and now i have to google if lavender is native to the pacific northwest (laughs) or if i have been unknowingly supporting the pollinating of a non-native plant at least lavender you can eat that oh yeah this is like a huge it's a beautiful bush make tea with it yeah and it smells so good as you walk Mm. by you're like "Mm, i'm so relaxed now on this walk (laughs) let me look here okay lavender native range and there are probably several species of lavender, so they might depend. Uh, yeah, this is giving me the range of like what it is now, which is probably not all that helpful. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It is native to the Mediterranean, but has become like, what's the word for when it's been here so long? They're just like, eh, let it happen. Uh, well, it's, it, you mean introduced or? Yeah, like it's it's run so wild now that that there's no point trying to get rid of it. like a, an invasive species you're still trying to get rid of 
I'm trying to think of what the word is. Uh, natural, naturalized. It's, naturalized. it's become naturalized. It's become naturalized to the region. My, my brain just refused to work there. I'm like, no. <laughs> Little scrolling <laughs> dots are going around your forehead. I stayed up too late last night. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Oh, boy. I am feeling my age, I guess. But the big thing that, that hangs out on this lavender bush is... There's about three of them. There's like a little moth thing, a little butterfly thing, honeybees. And then our topic for today, the bumblebee loves I, this lavender plant. You and I love always a count on a bumblebee being at the lavender plant. I love bumblebees. They're so cute. Little... They're the cutest of the bees. And I'll stand oh. by that. Yeah, I think so too. For a second, I was going to fight that with Mason bee, but I think a bumblebee's cuter because they're so fuzzy. Yeah, there's just like these little puffballs flying through the sky. <laughs> and they, they always see, like, I just feel like they're very aptly named, the bumblebee, because they do always seem like they're kind of just bumbling along. They're like, oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Well, their name actually, it doesn't come from, so the Greek word is bombus for the genus. And bombus just means a buzzing sound. So they're named oh, really? for the noise they make, not their bumbling little <laughs> flight patterns. I disagree. I think this is a this is kismet. They were always meant to bumble about bombus. That's a great word, bombus, bombus. And uh, Middle English is bomb bumbling. I think I'm pronouncing that right way, which means to hum. So we used to call bumblebees humblebees, and then really, a, yeah, then eventually it that changed. That's like a children's book, The Humble Bumblebee. <laughs> well, Charles Darwin in The Origin of Species refers to them as humblebees. Interesting. I wonder where that switch is. Where we maybe we just saw him going around like humblebee, more like bumblebee, am I right? We just started doing it and then they took over. I think it starts showing up in the literature around the 1920s as bumblebee instead of humblebee. Well, the 1920s, they love to give an inappropriate Names. nickname. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's the bee's knees, that bumblebee. <laughs> That's what it was like in the 20s, right? <laughs> Just a lot of like, people so. making horn noises with their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> and that very particular voice cadence. Yeah, in the exactly. 1920s. I'm going to live forever. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> Nothing bad will ever happen to me. I'm going to cut my hair real short. <laughs> yeah. Bernice bobbed her hair all right. Wow. <laughs> Throw out for the literary fans out there. <laughs> you like Fitzgerald? Here you go. Anyway, so the bumblebee. My number one question for bumblebees is always, do they make honey? So they don't make honey. Interesting. Okay. The bumblebees, they collect nectar and pollen, and they bring that back to the nest, and they feed their, their larvae just like a honey a honeybee would do with honey. Uh -huh. But um, because bumblebees don't overwinter... They go the way of the wasp where the oh. everyone dies before the winter yeah, time. Yeah. And then uh, a queen will kind of renew the colony. Uh, what's interesting is the queen also dies. So oh. the, the queen only lives a year. She produces all these, these babies, which is way smaller. Um, if we remember, honeybees have really large hives. Yeah. Bum bumblebees are maybe 50 to 400 oh, bees so in a hive. It's pretty a small. A little house. They all know each other's names. Because yes. only well, they're all, they're all sisters. Yeah. All, oh, yes. Yeah, that's true. That's they're true. all sisters. Um, it and, is considered rude to not know your sister's name. Yeah. 
Well, we, we live in a world now where you can choose your family, which mm-hmm. is very nice, I think. But the bees don't have that luxury. They have to live with their siblings. And the males have the same job as honeybee males. They're, they just exist to mate. And then they die after mating. And the, the workers only live about two, two to maybe four weeks. So they have a pretty oh, wow. short lifespan. So the benefit of honey being that you can keep it over the winter time. Over winter. So, so those that lived the, they're on the nine month track instead of the three month <laughs> track. <laughs> they get to eat the honey. But because bumblebees don't need that, they go the way of the, the bee very, very quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, sorry, I, I should have clarified. That's adult, adult workers live two to two to four weeks. Okay, the okay. entire lifespan of a bee takes about a month for an egg to become a larva. And then I think it's just, just a couple of weeks for the larvae to become adults. So mm-hmm. you're really not adding on a lot of time. <laughs> Even, Dang. you know. Poor little bumbles. Poor little bumbles. But man, are they cute. I guess I'm confused if even the queen dies, who's there to replenish the hive? At the end of the season, she starts producing queens. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay, okay. I'm back so on she board. produces I'm back on board. queens and males, and the males and queens go off to different places and mm. mate. And then once the, the new queen is inseminated, she finds a nice space to overwinter and then stays there for the winter. Right. And she can be prepared come spring to revitalize the bumble to start all over again bumble yeah. time she says <laughs> bubble time <laughs> it's bubble time so i looked at when i was doing the research for this episode and i don't know if the listeners will be surprised to hear that i i don't automatically know everything about <laughs> every dare single you, bug you fraud <laughs> <laughs> that i do have to do a little bit of reading i know you know as an entomologist i know the i know the big chunk of things that I think regular people probably don't know, but I have to do some extra reading for nuance, which is fun. I love this podcast because I learn while I'm, while I'm teaching at the same time. But um, with the neat, one of the neat things about bumblebees is there, while there are some bumblebees in South America, they're generally a Northern latitude insect and you'll find them all the way up into Alaska. They're like really, northern they prefer northern climates so the equator kind of serves as a generally speaking you got to be above this to get bees uh, bumbles uh, is that anyway. the bumbles sorry it's the bumblebee but and there is that are just because whatever niche they're filling is filled up by other bugs or are they just they're northerners um, they're they're no they're, good yanks <laughs> there are no good yanks although i mean there are there are a few species in south america but in europe they're generally northern too Uh, and they're not there's not a lot of bumblebees there's about 250 species and only we only have 50 in north america so we're not you know we're not super super bumble heavy on the continent over here but one of my favorite bees is a south american bee called the patagonian bumblebee also called the flying mouse and it's one it's adorable it's orange it's like a bright, like a rusty orange color. And Amanda, this bee is over an inch and a half in length. That's a big boy. <laughs> can, can you picture? <laughs> wow. Okay. Now I'm holding yeah. my little head. That's a big bee. 
that is a big B. I'm gonna and I a, assume also, fu- now I gotta look and see if he's a just picture. a little fuzzy guy. Oh, he's so through fuzzy. the air. Okay, Patagonian. Patagonia bumblebee. Oh my gosh, look at him go. <laughs> Isn't he cute? Oh my, I think flying mouse is apt. I was going to say, hey, the flying mouse is meant to be the bats who, whom we already spoke on. How dare you bring it I up? I put again. a photo of one in the Discord on a woman's hand and look at the size of this chunky bee. Oh my gosh, it is mouse-sized. <laughs> Listeners, please know that it is a big, big bee. I, its legs are so thick. Like, I just... <laughs> Like you think of bug legs as being like little and spindly, and technically they are when compared to the big body. But, but these somehow, have chunky legs. Yeah, seeing these chunky legs all blown <laughs> up is like that's that's a that's a hefty boy. They're I guess technically so cool. a girl. Yeah, <laughs> but this is probably a female. Yeah. Oh my! I love this. I love how big, <laughs> I, I, somehow bumblebees have always been the bee I'm the least like wary of. I don't know if it's true that they can't sting or if they just like choose not to. But I was always told as a kid, like, don't worry about the bumblebees. They're not uh, coming for you. They choose not to. They can sting. And um, unlike honeybees, they do not have barbed stingers. So they can sting repeatedly if they want to. But um, I mean, I'm a bad example because I've never been stung by anything. But I mean, I've never been stung by a a bumblebee and i've caught them you can pet a bumblebee and they just that is how the song goes at least yeah oh no that's not the song goes no no there's mashing involved badly they mash oh my we we can't mention this song this is a this is a pollinator positive podcast we can't talk about the song uh well let me just say listeners please do not emulate the song in which you hold and then mash a bumblebee never mash a bumblebee (laughs) <laughs> never mash uh, a, a recurring theme of course being please treat bugs nice don't throw woolly bears at your siblings like some people on this podcast did and uh don't <laughs> don't smash the spiders in your house let them free and do not mash up baby bumblebees in your hands just because they rightfully stung you on the hand because you've killed them captive <laughs> yeah do not hold a bumblebee captive your mother will not be proud of you for mashing up that bumblebee she will say you horrible little child (laughs) yeah never mush them um but they are very they're very gentle uh bumblebees really only sting when harmed or to protect the nest so because this comes back to my impression that they bumbled about because i've definitely had bees bumblebees in particular run into me and then uh, (laughs) then leave you know (laughs) they're like oh oh, sorry about that sorry whoops whoops sorry So yeah, I've never I, bumblebees are the ones I fear the least. But if this heckin' chonker yeah. <laughs> of a bee, would you be would, nervous about a bee this I, size? I don't know because with spiders, I have this. There's a bell curve of like it's it's small enough I'm not scared of it, and then it's big enough that I am like wary of it. And then tarantulas scare me less, I think, oh. because it's so big. I know where that guy is. Okay. I can see her. She can see me. We can respect each other's space. (laughs) That makes sense. But there's a range in the middle where it's too big to be comfortable, but not so big that I uh, can always keep track of it. You know, we talked before about like the house spiders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're like two or or three inches. And you're like, that's got to go. Big house spiders over there. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't like those. Do not like. So somewhere between you're so small, I'll leave you alone, and you're so big, I'll leave you alone. There's a, a danger zone for a danger zone. So does this chunky bee fall in the danger zone? I, I feel like he'd be okay because I know I know where she is. Yeah. I could wear yeah. her like a tasteful brooch. Upon you could. My... She would just hang out on your shirt. <laughs> on my lapel. Yeah. She's adorable. I do hope the listeners do a search, a Google search for the Patagonian bumblebee because, man, are they adorable. They're, they're, that's a big bee. Look at how orange it is, too. That's is so this cute. the biggest bee that there is? It is the largest bee. Yeah. The heaviest bee. The this chunkiest guy, There's no way, bee. there's no way she can fly faster than looks like <laughs> a single amble. Just blah, 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 blah. There I go. And you're like, there you go, bud. Go. Be free. Like the Hercules beetle, the two of them. Oh, just... yeah, yeah. You, uh, oh. you guys over there have the western bumblebee. Bumpus occidentalis, which is uh, unfortunately vulnerable. Oh no, so, we've been rough on our bees. Uh, it's partial. Um, so that you've got a fungus called no- uh, nosema, mm. which is a bit of a problem for bees, and uh, and some of it is habitat and climate change related. You know, pesticides. There have been hypotheses that the European honeybees over there are kind of displacing native bumblebees. Oh, they're just so, so much better at getting all that yeah. all that juice. Well, they're they're not better pollinators though. Bumblebees are better, more efficient pollinators than honeybees. So Is it because they're so fuzzy they can pick up more of the pollen? <laughs> That's part of it. They have big pollen baskets on their little leggies. Um they also there have been some uh some studies that um they're what is it that fruit pollinated by bumblebees as opposed to honeybees is larger and the crop yield is bigger so they're just they just live in a bigger world the bumblebee yeah (laughs) they're they're a little bit bigger their fruits are a little bit bigger (laughs) they just they just inspire rotundness so cute i i'd be hard to get bigger if i'm honest (laughs) (laughs) that brings to mind the question the other bee question that gets brought up a lot that for a long time they're like it's impossible for a bee to fly how does it fly and i feel like the bumblebee categorizes that the best of like how is it possible that this big body is getting around on these little teeny little wings um and i don't know what at what point they defunct that i think like fairly recently they're like oh no we do know how bees fly it turns out they fly by flying they just fly yeah they just fly i don't (laughs) I don't think there's a big secret about how they can fly. Oh, no, because I remember as a kid, it was a well-known fact that the, the scientists out there, whoever they be, didn't know how bees fly. Am I, is this, maybe this is a Pacific Northwest um, rumor that you've never heard over I don't, there on the I, West Coast. Um, wow. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't really heard. I, I mean, I guess it seems weird because they have tiny wings and they're, and they're big, but I, I we do know how bees fly. It this is just a myth. Um, <laughs> I, 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 oh, okay. I always I, it must so, be a myth. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking. I looked this up, Amanda, because I've never heard this before. And apparently, really? um, a common origin. This is from Forbes magazine. A common origin story is that an unnamed Swiss physicist was asked by a female attendee at a dinner party how a bumblebee could fly since they're so much fatter, rude, relative (laughs) to their wing size than things like birds. And the physicist 
does rough calculations and concludes that the bumblebee mm-hmm. should be able to fly. But this all sounds like complete nonsense. This is yeah. like this is an old myth that's par- apparently been perpetuated for like 80 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a popular misconception about bees that I've yeah. always heard. And I was always like, well, "What well, we know that they can fly because look, <laughs> they're doing it. <laughs> He's clearly flying. <laughs> they move their wings and they move air around the wings mm-hmm. and they create lift. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all checks out so far. Yeah. What is it? It's like the the biscuit property. What is it really? The Schmidt something? No, that's that's the pain thing. <laughs> that's the pain scale, Mister Justin Schmidt. Oh boy, that's, I still can't believe that man let a bunch of things sting him. Again, I feel like he's too into it. <laughs> like we've we've been pulled into something we didn't want to be. But yeah, yeah, I hadn't I had not heard that that flight myth before um, a few minutes ago when you brought it up. Maybe because yeah. as a little kid, I was so into reading about bugs and stuff that I just everyone didn't... knew better than to even bring it up around you. <laughs> it just didn't cross my my lap, I guess. Yeah. So I've pulled up our other two heroes from the B team, mm-hmm. the Japanese honeybee, who we decided was the Red Ranger, the hero, and the Yellow Jacket, who is the Lancer slash rival of the main uh, hero. So that leaves the Bumblebee a couple of options as far as how they fit into the team. My inclination is to make them the chick, but to switch them and have them be the dude. The dude? <laughs> Because typically it's the four dudes and a and a chick, right? So I think we switch it and make it the four chicks and a dude. I like it. I like that. And I think the bumblebee is a good choice to be. Do you the see the male dude. bumblebees about? Yeah, you'll see them around. They're not they don't do anything to help to help the hive, but you'll see them outside. <laughs> oh, interesting. You'll see them outside. Because I got the impression with the honeybees. That the drone, it really takes a lot for him to leave his little drone room. <laughs> it just hangs out. <laughs> uh, bumblebees are really, really good at sunning themselves. So you'll see a lot of them outside just getting warm in the morning. And it doesn't take a lot of sun for them to warm up. So they, they're out there. Uh, bumblebees are kind of cool because they're the first bees you'll see out in the spring and the last bees to leave in the winter. Because they're very, they're very cold hardy. Because they're so fuzzy and dense. <laughs> it is my inclination also to make this big boy with a heart of gold, the heart of the team, convinces all the other more fighty flighty bees <laughs> that we got to work together, guys. Look at my dance. Do the bumblebees dance as well? Or is that strictly a honeybee thing? They, uh, they do dance. They tell each other where to forage and um, and they dance to alert for predators entering the hive. It's, so it's not the same as a honeybee dance, but it's they do something similar. It serves a similar purpose. Yeah, yeah. But I think a honeybee can't dance at a bumblebee and they won't understand each other. There's no, no commun- cross-bee not communication Not a universal there. bee language of dance. I've been informed that dance is a universal language. How dare you? <laughs> not, not if you're a bee. So we have to make him, he's got to be a little hairy because our okay, bumblebees, okay. Okay, our so bumblebees uh, are fuzzy. I'm hearing some great uh, woodsman <laughs> vibes happening oh, yeah. for our bumblebee. As much like a, uh, maybe this again is the Pacific Northwest in me, but now I want to make him a... Uh, like a lumberjack? Like a lumberjack here. <laughs> 
Yeah, they have yeah. more. Um, they have longer. So seti is the the scientific term for hair on an insect, and um, they have more seti than honeybees, and they have um, it's more dense on their bodies. So, and this helps them be more cold hardy. So, like I said, they're out in the winter time. As long as there's flowers, they're around for a while. Um, they are out like way later than honeybees are. I'm gonna make them stocky. Yeah, I think uh, I still want to give him muscly arms, even though he won't be serving that uh, <laughs> role within our our group here. But I think I'll make him a little bit short and stout. We'll give him one a lunged leg here. Short. <laughs> I can't wait to see this this drawing. <laughs> it's nice the B team is filling out. Yeah. I'll be excited to put them all in a single document and have them all hanging out together. <laughs> so, Amanda, what what is the role our Bumble male is playing on the B team? So I just referred to it as the chick or the heart of the team, but really it's a character for whom fighting is not their biggest role on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Universe in the early seasons is easily the heart of the team. He's what keeps the team together. Uh, Bo in Shira, he's not necessarily the strongest character, but he serves as a kind of a moral compass sometimes. A lot of times the woman on a team, if it's if we're going by the five-man band, the four men and the one woman, she's the one who kind of is the voice of reason when all the dudes want to like let's go over there and fight! You know, and she's like, let's, let's listen to reason you guys! And that's, you know, has its own ties into why it's the woman that does that but oh okay for us i think we're gonna make it the dude and make him be a a, a, a golden-hearted lad <laughs> i like it that that makes a lot of sense uh if you need to look up a tv tropes for something i say feel free kelly <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I we do. come yeah. from very different you assume <laughs> i know things about bees i assume you know things about ridiculous pop culture references <laughs> I uh, I appreciate your faith in me. That uh, yes, means a always. lot. <laughs> Even though I'm clueless most of the time. <laughs> okay, let's... Uh, I want his beard to be visible, so let's give him the uh, the Black Widow dad. What was his name in that? <laughs> Red Guardian. The Red Guardian, where he uh, can see his beard, even though he's wearing a helmet thing. Oh, he was great. He was he was fantastic. I might even argue that he was in some ways the heart of the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I could I could see that. So while you um, while you draw our our magical dude, um, there's one type of bumblebee that I thought would be kind of fun to mention, and and it's not one species. There are several species, but there's a group. They're called uh, cuckoo bumblebees. Do you know anything about the bird, the cuckoo? I know that it will invade other nests. Uh, at like something like 30% of cuckoos are born in other people's <laughs> nests because they're like, okay, well, you take care of this one uh, and eat up all the resources of another bird parent's love. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, that's a good description um we have a whole group of bumblebees that have this same behavior which is pretty fascinating so the the queen will go out and and this cuckoo bumblebees don't have pollen baskets which is why they need to seek out other other hives so they can't collect their own pollen 
Um, so she'll go into another bumblebee hive, a different species, and she'll kill that queen. And then she emits a pheromone that tells the hive, I'm the queen. And she'll lay eggs and they take care of her offspring just as they would um, their real queen. So it's pretty interesting. Rude. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty rude. It's very rude. <laughs> How dare you? That's it. It's so funny. Like, rather than figure out a way to make pollen, they're like, I'm just going to go take over someone else's business. Yeah, because she, she can't carry it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's a cool bug, but it's certainly a rude bug. Um <laughs> Not and, like you know, our, there's a few species though that do this. Yeah, our handsome bumblebee man would never. He, he would, would never dream never. So I was thinking about superpowers for for our our bee man hero, and um, being hairy, I guess, is not a superpower unless you're Logan, who is <laughs> Wolverine. It is certainly a superpower on him. Yes, uh, but they I think I need a, a bushier beard. Hold on, sorry. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That's properly bushy. All right. Sorry. Go on. Logan's hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Logan is hairy. So these bees are active in, again, mostly northern latitudes. There are some southern bees where it's chillier. And in order to stay warm, they can shiver their flight muscles. Uh, And they do this without moving their wings. So they shiver the flight muscles until they reach about 80 degrees uh, Fahrenheit because we're an American podcast and uh, it helps them be warm, basically to be warm enough to fly. They have to be at that temperature. So he should have some kind of uh, fire ability, maybe some kind of heat ability. Mm -hmm. Our Japanese honeybee had that uh, fire as well. So that would make at least a cohesive power Mm -hmm. set here. Mm -hmm. And there's there's another potentially very cool um, ability so bumblebees and some solitary bees can do this uh, pollination technique called buzz pollination. Generally, when a, a flower is producing pollen, the pollen is on the, on the anther, and it's kind of all over the anther so that pollinators can come by, collect that pollen, and then move on. But some plants cover up the anther, only leaving an opening near the top so that they don't self-pollinate. Because you don't want, hmm. yeah, you don't want self-pollination. You crossbreed your, <laughs> yourself. Yeah, yeah, you want genetic diversity. And the only way to get that pollen out of the anther is through buzz pollination. It's called sonication. The bee will grab the anther and then buzz so violently it shoots the pollen out of the top of the, of the covered anther. It's very neat. It's very, very neat. This is important for a lot of our crops. So tomatoes, eggplants, potatoes, uh, some blueberries and cranberries all need buzz pollination, which means they cannot be pollinated by honeybees. They are reliant on Oh, they need the little vibration of the bumblebee coming in like a... (laughs) Like one of those weasel toys that like goes all across the the whole world. (laughs) But yeah, so... um, And this, I think, is... Interesting because all these crops are North American, uh, and I and we don't have honeybees here. So perhaps this this adaptation is um, you know specific to evolving without uh, without honeybees to collect pollen in that oh, way. 
you know. They had to figure it out because there weren't honeybees around. So that is there other bugs that fulfill that little vibration need? Only, uh, to my knowledge, only bumblebees and some solitary bees can do this. So they're very reliant. Um, there are crops in New York, uh, upstate New York, that are only pollinated by the yellow-banded bumblebee because it sonicates. Okay, they're, okay. They're so potatoes. now I'm trying to figure out how, how I'm going to get that onto this. I don't know how you'll make it a power, but it's super, super cool. <laughs> My only thought, and stick with me here. <laughs> you've talked about the warmth, and now you've talked about this buzzing. And now all I can think is, can he give you the warm fuzzies with his heart, love? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Mandy, you've gone too far. <laughs> he's, he's, oh, he's so lovable, though. Look at him. He is adorable. He's like a Care Bear. Yes, that is what I want out of this big, my big friend this here. Big, sweet bee man. Um, I think that's adorable if you can make somehow make that a power. I, I, I'm not sure how to, like, show that other than, like, a bunch of hearts. <laughs> <laughs> maybe sparkles. I did a bunch of sparkles on Japanese honeybees, so maybe I can sparkle this one as well. Hold on, let me. I love the idea of a very soft power to this dude as well. It also makes sense that he's the heart because um, bumblebees. Uh, so bumblebees, there's been lots of studies on their, I don't, I will say culture in quotes, and how they how they learn. Uh, you can teach a bumblebee to do a bunch of things, like the one study. They taught a bumblebee to pull a string, and then when they pull the string, they receive a treat. Uh, and then they had other bumblebees watch a bee do this, and they learned from watching their neighbor. Wow! I just I just wouldn't think of bumblebees as something intelligent enough to be trainable. <laughs> I guess it doesn't take it doesn't take much little bee brains to be like, yeah, I'll pull that. You get a treat. Sure. Yeah. Well, when we think about intelligence in non-human animals, generally are very what we would consider our smart animals are social. So maybe it might have something to do with them being a very social bee. Right. And we as humans are biased towards things that we recognize as intelligence as things yes. that we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. I can recognize myself in a mirror. So therefore. Human bias. Um, and there was an, another study. So they gave these bees, these bumblebees balls. And they, if you roll the ball around the bee will get a treat. Uh, and they watched oh, so each like other. Those, those treat sorters that you give to a cat. <laughs> yeah. Like, so they occupied. taught a bumblebee to do this. And then again, its neighbors watched this happen. And they learned it and also received a treat. But what was kind of neat about this study is that they did it. They were rolling these balls even when they weren't getting treats. And there are... Oh, just for fun? Meh. I am again. I'm assigning human traits on these. I am bees. hesitant to call it play <laughs> behavior. That ball doesn't belong there. It could be the bee just attempting to get it out of its space, like like, this like ball housekeeping. Organized, yeah. Because bees, bees, and uh, bumblebees and honeybees engage in housekeeping in their hive, and they remove things that don't belong in the hive. So it could have been something as simple as housekeeping, but right. I don't want to be a, a buzzkill. Um, and, oh, <laughs> oh, and we can, it could have also been play behavior. It could have been doing it because it was enjoying moving the ball around. We don't really know. I forgot what lab that is. There's a specific lab that's done a bunch of bee, like interesting bumblebee tests, uh, all cognitive stuff. 
I know that I, I wrote it down in the field notes, which which Derek will put on our website when this episode comes out. So folks can read about those studies if they want to and uh, kind of figure it out. There was also a professor, oh, now I'm remembering because I, I made a book recommendation list, uh, Lars Chitka. So he created a book just in 2022. It's brand new called The Mind of a Bee. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it looks pretty amazing. So if you want to learn more about bee cognition, a bumblebee cognition specifically, might want to check out that book. I know I am. I'm going to read it. I'm excited. But yeah, so maybe they play. Maybe, you know, it's neat. So our guy should be playful and friendly. And he's the heart, of, you know, the heart of the team. It's very Let cute. Me give, give him an open mouth smile instead of a closed mouth smile. He's the only one whose mouth we've been able to see because I had to expose <laughs> the beard. <laughs> uh, there are a couple books, bee books also. The Bees in Your Backyard and on my on my coast, uh, Common Bees of Eastern North America. If anyone wants to learn more about bees, um, I love The Bees in Your Backyard. It's a, it's a good book. I know we had a listener question back. I don't even know what episode it was, but it was it's submitted by a couple whom bees have played a a loving role in their relationship that they both really liked bees. I think he liked the mason bee and she liked the bumblebee. So <laughs> that's very cute. That's very very cute. Who doesn't love a bee? You find me someone who doesn't love a bee and they're a monster. I think most people who are deathly allergic to bees. <laughs> But they're so cute. Come on. They are very cute. And I, again, I, I come back to I the bumblebee has always been the, the bee I feared the least. Yeah. Uh, I think because I was incorrectly told that they don't sting you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I mean, like the rest of our team, he should have some kind of stinger stinging. Oh, weapon. Yeah. Let me think more than just an emotional barb he can throw at you. <laughs> but remember, not barbed. They're stinging. Right. Not, not barbed, barbed. Not barbed. Not barbed. Tells you the truth because you need to hear. <laughs> but it's done from a loving place. Gotta it's add gentle. some stripes always. <laughs> Gotta have some stripes on any bee-themed character. There are... Okay, we haven't discussed that there's other Bumblebee. I know that the the character from DC is Bumblebee. Ah, uh, yes. And I believe she shoots some sort of light projection laser situation. Well, the bees and, cannot and, shoot lasers. Yeah, and she does the shrinky thing that because let's face it dc and marvel just kind of for a while there they just looked at each other and were like which characters can we also make yeah <laughs> are there other any other i don't know if there's heroes? any other bumble specific ones there's other you know we talked in the honeybee episode about other bee like characters yeah. well we did get um, a message from one of our followers on twitter who, who let us know that we forgot about the bees the bee characters, <laughs> yes, the, the bee characters from the tick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, listener on Twitter. Um, I don't have it pulled up right now to share their name, but yeah, we can't. I guess we can't remember everything. <laughs> uh, they were in one episode, right? They weren't in. They weren't a continuous. I'm pretty sure character presence. A one-off. Like, what a one-off <laughs> they were. I mean, if, if we try to name every character that has even a slight bug theme then i would be remiss not to mention queen slug for a butt and her is it her sister that's princess what's her name <laughs> and princess what's her name who does not have a name is very b 
themed. Be and themed? The, oh. Yes. And she's the lady love interest of Earthworm Jim, if you're familiar with that franchise. Although I believe oh, that wow. franchise has fallen out of popularity. in a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm looking through a list of bee-themed heroes. There's the Red Bee, which is pretty old. Um, is the and- Red Bee... Hold on. <laughs> I need to... to- to inform you about is it the red bee that's a single bee Derek please confirm yes a single bee yes oh yes yeah <laughs> so Kelly you have accidentally stumbled upon a bee character <laughs> who <laughs> is lesser known but shouldn't be <laughs> so the red bee was a character from the golden age which if you don't know the golden age is absolutely hog wild oh yeah for, for characters because it's just like anything they throw at the wall see what sticks and sometimes it's hawkeye and sometimes it's the red bee and the red bee was a guy who had a bee in a (laughs) in a little uh cage upon his belt and the bee's name was michael and he would release (laughs) the singular bee just one little bee just one bee named michael (laughs) to his enemies uh, he operated out of Oregon, which, fun fact for you, that the Red Bee is native to my homeland. Oh, he's your state superhero. You, yes. You got him. And well represented, I feel. <laughs> oh, that's pretty amazing. So if you ever need to look up an absolutely kookadoodle, just, just imagine a guy was fighting you about your crimes and he comes and he releases a single <laughs> one bee. bee. Wouldn't you <laughs> like, what's your assumption that this guy's absolutely crazy. There's no way that one bee could do anything. Or do you assume that that one bee is so powerful? Oh, I, I run need any additional bees. <laughs> I would run that. If it's just one bee, then there's something crazy yeah. going on there. That bee must be incredibly powerful. <laughs> what a powerful bee. <laughs> And there is also B-Boy, which is from the DC comics. And talk about crazy looking. It's the body of a bee with the head of a man and two human arms. Ah, ah, the the magic school bus effect. We saw we've got one. (laughs) Oh, it was, um, I think it's from the 60s. And this is terrifying looking. It is a lot. They're all terrifying. They're all terrifying. Again, it was just kind of like whatever... Whatever There's works. no rhyme or reason to who gets popular sometimes. Because sometimes they'll try really hard to push a new character. Like, this is the one, you guys. This one's cool. And <laughs> the readers just reject it. And they're like, no, I'm not. Mm-mm. And other times they're like, yes, that's the one. That's the guy. <laughs> well, there's also, I remember in the in the Spider-Man comic, Swarm, right? He's a hero or he's a villain and he's just a swarm of bees. Correct. They are, uh, yeah, bees that all have a single consciousness, I believe, that they yeah. share across them. Kind of Borg-esque, that they all think the same. So there there and have been some common. interesting bee-themed um, heroes and villains. Oh, for sure. I, like, oh, I, we kind of graced on it in the, the, the Japanese Hummy Bee, but there's been a lot, a lot of bee-themed, and usually villains, which I think is a mistake. Don't make them villains. Yeah, bees are great. We love bees. I'm going to share this to you guys really quickly. Okay. You guys can help me figure out how we're going to incorporate some of the powers we've discussed. I got to say, I love your updated ladybug image. Oh, yeah. We, we updated her because she was the number one episode. So she was on paper and pencil like <laughs> like like Neanderthals. Who do we think we are? <laughs> she is adorable. And I'm not just saying that because she's you. 
she's like, <laughs> <laughs> right, she's me me with some hair dye <laughs> Uh, here we go. Okay, so I'm tossing him into the art, and then we got to figure out how to give him empathy powers and a stinger of some oh, sort. Oh my god, he's amazing! <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to give him like there's a red red belted bee. I don't remember what the exact name was. So I tried to give him a belt situation that kind of mimicked those strongman belts that they wear sometimes, so you oh, don't yeah. hurt your back. And, and he's got his pockets for his pollen. Got his pockets, big pockets, because you said that they are particularly robust at their pollen collection. They're very good, yeah. Uh, we've done kind of a circle situation on the chest because a lot of the bees had a circle on their thorax mm-hmm. on the back. But, uh, you know, I'm not showing his back. Uh, got the wing motif we've been using. Little antenna. Oh, my God. A short he's little so stocky cute. boy. He's so cute. I think he could be thicker. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll thick him up. Hold on. <laughs> Especially in the leg area. Give him some. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, legs. Let's... Let me chop this leg right here. He's so cute. I love his beard sticking out underneath the mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very cute. I would hang out with this guy. This guy just like wants to take you out for drinks and like hear about your day. Yeah, that's what, that's what I want. He's not, uh, yeah, he's not interested in anything else. He just wants to be a good pal. He just, he just he's is a genuinely pal. interested in you as a person. I am partial to a, 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 a beefier bearded man, if you've ever seen That's my husband. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or Tom Hardy, who has or been Tom Hardy multiple yeah. times on this podcast. Oh, God, we almost forgot to mention Tom Hardy this episode. Hold on. Yeah, how, how dare you? <laughs> okay, let's thick him up a little bit here. Thick, thick, thick. Really <laughs> stretching the bounds of my uh, <laughs> my canvas here. Yeah, think think of like old timey strongman. Yeah, I think that's you know? the vibe we need to have. Yeah, there. I'll make him a little shorter so that he seems beefier. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to see the colored version of this. Yeah, I think he's gonna be the first one that has like another color other than. Other yellow, than yellow there, and black. Try to keep that red belt. I might make yeah. his yellow a little lighter because it seems like I'll, yeah, the bumblebees are often more of a buttery yellow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> softer yellow in the bumblebee. Oh, Derek is recommending strongman briefs. I had him in <laughs> what I had to like erase is because I I put the briefs on him, and then uh, I put a different design on the top, and it definitely looked like he was wearing booty shorts and a crop top. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's coming to the beach. <laughs> okay let me change these striped designs on his legs and we'll go with more of a brief situation i think so far this might be my favorite b-team character well you say that every week <laughs> I, I do it's true every week i get a new one and it's my new fave uh is his last name bombus oh he should be a professor professor bombus oh oh yeah that's very <laughs> that is very cute <laughs> <laughs> oh professor did, did we name our other bees on the uh, team not really uh, other, we unless the name names? is we should probably name them yeah but unless a name is obvious we don't always name them like isabella tigerbot like yeah. obviously she's named isabella <laughs> so someday we'll have to have a create a backstory <laughs> like event where we really give them all backstories and names 
I think eventually, Amanda, you might have to draw a little comic of the B team. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> who would they? I guess we'll find out at the end who they'll fight. We'll have to make a villain for the B team. <laughs> That's not just like a bear. Yeah. <laughs> Rating your honey. I think he needs to be even just a little bit thicker here. I think I'm going to make his upper half a little thicker. How am I going to get a stinger on this? Well, he chooses not to sting. So yeah, he maybe he doesn't need one because he doesn't. Yeah, he's friendly. He's a nice he's guy. He's friendly. Your friendly neighborhood bumblebee. So, Amanda, how many legs out of six legs would you give the bumblebee? Oh, a hard call because I think they're great. I love a bumblebee. It's hard <laughs> to hate on it. On him, he's just doing his doing his thing. You know, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go five, five legs. I feel like they could be slightly more useful to me, (laughs) which is always a a category of how useful is this bug to me personally? Mm -hmm. Do you eat, I mean, do you eat potatoes? Oh, so many potatoes. Okay. Change it. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You really brought potatoes back to the game. A staple of my diet is, of course, I think my favorite food is probably Jojo's from the, uh, From the deli counter, I love. Oh, you might not know that. What is a JoJo's? A potato wedge from a deli counter is called a JoJo. I don't know why. We just call it a potato wedge. (laughs) Well, that's not as fun. It's not as fun. No. (laughs) No, I could could go for a JoJo right about now. Go for a JoJo. Please go to the (laughs) deli counter and say, "I'd like some JoJo's, please," (laughs) and see what they say to you. Stare blankly at me. You want a what? Who's Jojo? I mean, you know, I'm giving these guys six out of six legs. I love a bumble. I love them. I love blueberries and potatoes. So I've they're heard, very important to me. I failed to mention during the, the cast here that we right at the very beginning, we talked about names. So we've gone full circle here. I've heard <laughs> that that bumblebee and the word Dumbledore have something to do with each other. I don't know if we want to mention this because it's a little bit spicy on 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 opinions of authors here but oh, i have not I've heard, heard that do you oh. have an explanation or no just that it's, it's something i've heard that dumble and bumble and now apparently humble are all interconnected with one another oh okay uh dumbledore is an old british word for bumblebee there you go interesting so, are yeah i don't know if we want to keep that because <laughs> Harry Potter is kind of a uh, well, spicy I mean, subject at the moment. We could keep it. We just we just don't have to talk about the monster behind uh, Dumbledore. You know, the the greatest advocate for death of the author I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I don't, I don't oh, think I she should en- die. She should just no, shut no, up. no. The, the <laughs> sorry, the, the literary theory of of death of the author. Oh. Where you don't take into account who wrote it. You just examine the piece as it is. <laughs> Uh, as an art historian, it gets brought up a lot. Do you talk about that? Must be impossible, this... though, because it, it is a really difficult theory to really put into practice. Because if you want to talk about the piece of artwork by itself, without any authorial input or authorial intent, like what really came across, it can get very difficult. Especially art history, because so much of art history is based on the idea that we should start to talk about who painted it in my professional opinion, because the I've, we've talked briefly before about, <laughs> about the father of art history 
basically founded art history as a thing because he had such a crush on Michelangelo. I thought he was just like the coolest dude. Which was very funny. I, uh... Which, spoiler alert, Michelangelo is not a cool dude. <laughs> that dude kind of sucks, but it's fine. But so so art history in particular is very difficult to remove from the uh, the the death of the author theory. So, but like, can you talk about uh, like Archimedia without talking about the fact that she was the only woman painting in her area? Not really. It's really difficult to talk about mm, the only woman yeah. who's painting without acknowledging that she was the only woman because her paints her paintings have a lot to do with her experience as a woman because, and I don't want to get too spicy on the cast, but like it sucked to be a woman, uh, the, especially doing a job that the men around you don't want you to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So death of the author being oh, one of those makes theories. sense. So you're, you're schooling me again on, on these terms that I've never <laughs> heard of. Yeah. It's a, there, you can find some really interesting articles like for or against death of the author. I generally am not for death of the author because I do think that people put so much of their, at least in the modern era, put so much of their own personal experience into their artwork mm. when you consider you, artwork you can't as not. a... Right. Well, once, it is a once form art of becomes... Yeah, once art becomes something that the artist makes, the artist with their own oeuvre, with their own point of view, you have to talk about the author, in my opinion. Once art leaves the realm of craftsmen of blue collar worker he's just a painter mm. you can't like we've we've uncorked that bottle you have to talk about the author now and it i say they say death of the author because it was primarily a literary thing but it can be applied to many different kinds of artwork both visual and written word like can you really talk about the matrix without talking about what the wachowskis have been through not really. yeah no not really Especially in the most recent movie. Yeah, the most recent movie is very clearly based in their experiences yeah. as people as, going as through changes. Women, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rotunda, how do you feel about bumblebees? Oh, she's bumblebee positive. She she gave us a little trill. I think she's I think she likes bumblebees. As a chunky cat, I think she can identify with a chunky bee. <laughs> yes, truly. <laughs> Us chunks gotta stick together, she says. <laughs> Thanks for coming by to listen about Bumblebees, you guys. We hope you're enjoying the uh, gathering of our B team here. We've got, I think, two slots left in the B team. Very exciting. Very exciting. So uh, continue to tune in to see who be in the team next. <laughs> Some good English there for you. <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned for our next episode, which is a listener listener request from Bombus to Bombardier, the exploding beetle. Ooh, ooh that fun. sounds spicy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you. Bugs Need Heroes is created by Derek Conrad and Kelly Zimmerman, hosted by Amanda Allen Nide and Kelly Zimmerman. Bugs Need Heroes is produced and edited by Derek Conrad. Our music is Ladybug Castle by Roll Music. All character art by Amanda Allen Nide. Got a bug question? Email us at bugsneedheroes at gmail.com. Check us out on bugsneedheroes.com for the visual companion to our episodes with the artwork of the bug-related heroes. We also have an Instagram, Twitter, and subreddit under the Bugs Need Heroes name. Thanks for coming by.
Bumble time. Bumble, 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 bumble. <laughs>